Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. I'm your host, Kat Horrocks, a mindset and manifestation coach, guiding women to manifest next level abundance, success and happiness, making their wildest dreams their new normal. Expect new episodes every Monday with myself and guest experts, full to the brim with inspirational stories and expert guidance on all things business, mindset, spirituality, personal growth and so much more. Consider this podcast a permission slip to put yourself first, say yes to your dreams and manifest a life even better than your vision board. To find out more about joining our incredible membership community, the Put Yourself First Sisterhood, or to discover my transformational one-to-one and group programs, head to cathorrocks.com to get all of the juicy details that you need on investing in yourself and working with me to create your dream life. If you're ready to step into your next level, you're in exactly the right place. So let's dive in. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's series. What I dislike and disagree with inside of the coaching industry. Part one was what I love about the coaching industry. So if you've not listened to that one in context with this one, I don't mind which order you listen to, like do whatever you want, but I need you to know that the reason I filmed, recorded, sorry, two parts is this is nuanced and we need to learn to hold multiple realities. So the reality is I love this industry and it fulfills me and it's incredible and it helps change millions of people's lives and all the shit that I don't like about it that I'm going to talk about today. It's a yes and situation. It's not that part two, what I'm going to share here, means that coaching is bad or coaching is a scam or a cult or any of the things that, you know, we just especially on social media, like so many people hate nuance. They they actually hate complexity. They can't hold it. And so it's easier to go, oh, like that's a load of bullshit. That's a scam. That's a cult. And then that's that person can go and get on with their day rather than inviting critical thinking and nuance and discussion and being open to being wrong, being open to changing your mind, being open to learning about, you know, that everyone has their own experience. And equally, you know, people, many people have hugely positive experiences in this industry, and many people have hugely damaging experiences in this industry. And one does not cancel out the other, one does not um, negate the other, one does not excuse the other. So that being said, these are the things that after five years in the industry, professionally and also 10 years, 10 plus years being into personal development, these are the things that I dislike about the coaching industry. The reason I wanted to do this series is to give a wider picture and start a bigger conversation because a lot of people do sit black and white, you know, it's either or, when to me it's yes and. I also do see a lot of misunderstanding or assumptions um, on either end of the scale about coaching so it's kind of like an insight behind the behind the scenes and an insight under the hood that if someone didn't work in coaching maybe some of these wouldn't really 
cross your mind or you know for the people listening who are coaches newer coaches getting into coaching this can be some things to be um conscious of and aware of or consider and of course if you've been inside the industry for a while and you hear me talk about anything you've experienced or seen as well I'd love this to open like a wider discussion so the first thing I want to talk about is gaslighting and subtle shaming so coaching because it's rooted in you know personal development there is a lot of there's a lot of terminology and and methods and phrases that get thrown around a lot you know um invest in yourself live in integrity um abundance mindset um what else you know always like you have the power to do anything and change anything if i can do this so can you and we see these cliche things and I think many of them are cliche for a reason because they are genuinely helpful <laughs> and because there there is a lot of good in them there's a lot of um there's a lot of support like it supports a lot of people to 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 kind of inspire them or to motivate them or to give them context to how they're feeling or a decision they're making and it can really help people and there's a flip side of that which is if there are certain rules and regulations that get banded around then those same you know ways of this is how we do things this is the these are the things that we say these are the things that we talk about these are the topics and the themes that come up again and again that can too be used in the opposite context of actually shaming someone of of pressuring them of making them feel of making them question their own body's instinct their own intuition because if you think about it you know let's use investing as an example because we we use this a lot in coaching when we are selling our services you know if you had a pound for the amount of times i've said on the podcast invest in yourself you would be pretty loaded because over four or five years of podcasting i've probably said it a lot of times (laughs) and guests have said it lots and lots of people say it and so this is a this is a common this is common knowledge you know this is um the the status quo if you will everyone knows you invest in yourself investing in yourself is powerful investing in yourself is a good thing and so that is used in many different contexts which means that it can be used in a positive context of, you know, you are worthy of investing in yourself. You deserve to access support and guidance. You deserve to trust your gut and to grow in this area and to do all of these things. And it can also then be used in the opposite context where it becomes it becomes like a a gambling chip to to put in the ring to add into the mix that analogy didn't really go where I wanted it to go but you know what I mean it's used as it's used as fuel and it's almost weaponized to to pressure people into buying shit to to shame people because it's like what we see a lot in this industry is people saying I've always invested multiple six figures in myself 
I've always done this and I always recommend to my clients, you should always be investing in yourself. You should always have a coach. You should always do this. When we talk in this way, not only are we talking from a place of ego and manipulation, but we're also often very subtly shaming people because the implication is it's like within reading between the lines is the implication that if I don't invest in myself then I then I won't be successful then I won't be happy then I won't make any money in my business and that just isn't the truth because investing in yourself is one way to help yourself do those things but it's also just one way and there's also hundreds and thousands of other ways that you can do that now of course do I believe that investing in yourself is a you know is a beneficial way to get there is going to save you time and save you money and all the rest of it yeah I do in many contexts but what happens in this very this this world of very emotionally manipulative marketing we are essentially we're essentially manipulating someone's nervous system's response to us and when we're creating things like the status quo we then can use those things to like for our benefit as a coach and I see it so many times and honestly at this point it's getting really old and when it's when it's subtle as well it's really difficult to to spot and it's really difficult as the receiver as the consumer as the client to discern because most people do not trust their intuition so when they feel scared and pressured to to sign up to something they don't recognize in that moment that the way the context that this person is selling them into this program is actually making them making their body feel unsafe and again we spoke very recently about the fact that no one can make you feel anything so maybe that was a bad way to phrase that but we can recognize we have like an emotional response to something our body our nervous system has a response to something even if it's unconscious you know even if you're not aware of it and I think this industry can go a long way to supporting people to making decisions for themselves and their lives that are in line with their intuition and that allow them the the space to discover their truth rather than projecting certain ideals onto people for the sake of our business <laughs> which again we see a lot and I'm not saying in any of this that I am innocent and I am perfectly um you know this angel like perfect coach who never does has never done any of these things no like in online business in general we've all fallen for these things we've all perpetuated this this way of marketing this way of working this way of running our business because we most likely have been taught that way inside of most marketing you know it's about 
manipulation <laughs> and it's something that I'm really coming to terms with and really discovering and honing in on my style of selling and passing that on to clients helping you know my business clients specifically their style of selling and you know if if something doesn't feel good in your body if your intuition says no please don't do it I will never should all over you you should do this you should say that no that does not does not fly with me anymore so that was a big one and I did a whole podcast episode on that recently but it's something that you really often sadly you have to fully experience it for yourself like being in a situation where you feel pressured or you feel shamed to come out the other side and be like oh wait a second that wasn't cool that that response that I had to that situation my body was sending me a very clear signal to get the fuck out of that situation the second thing that I really disagree with and and really worries me about coaching the coaching industry is codependency and outsourcing responsibility so again we're going back to self-responsibility I feel that coaching in its best form is about cultivating empowerment within the client to to enable them to take responsibility for the change they want to make to empower them with the tools the knowledge the space to explore what is right for them and often many people have never had that experience in their life many people have never had someone who is genuinely without you know without um without bringing their opinion of what they should do like we said many people have never had someone just sit and listen to them and listen with the goal of helping that person find what is best for them many people have never experienced a relationship like that and that's why coaching for so many people is like a breath of fresh air it's like why did I not have this when I was younger why are we not taught this in school I can't believe you know clients will say I can't believe I waited this long to join or to sign up because it cultivates this trust in them this trust in their intuition this empowerment to move forward what we also can see in the coaching industry is clients outsourcing responsibility and clients outsourcing their power to their coach and this happens more so I think when the relationship is not set up with boundaries that really serve the client and of course the coach where the often where the coach doesn't perhaps doesn't cultivate that self-responsibility in the client and um, doesn't encourage it doesn't create space for it um often with pre you know often with previous clients they've shared experiences that they've not enjoyed with coaches before and most of the time it comes down to oh just do do it like this oh oh you know what you need to do you need to do this and just almost like thrusting this this agenda onto them of like this is what you need to do this is what you need to do and I've experienced this as well and it feels like shit (laughs) 
because if someone is it can it can lead to two different things it can lead to the client not feeling like they like not feeling like they are truly supported and creating that sense of of dependency of okay well what do I need to do next okay great I've done that okay so what next what do you think I should do next what do you think I should do next it can create that codependency where the client relies on the coach to tell them what to do it can also then on the flip side you know we can see we see coaches like clinging on or relying on clients to support them like to support their business when the reality is it's our responsibility as the coach to guide the client to what is best for them and that includes when they want to finish working with us and that's not a conversation that many coaches like having because again the the status quo is to constantly be upselling constantly be re-signing that client getting more from them more money more time with them more this more that more this but if that comes at the expense of the client doing what is best for them that is fucked (laughs) so that codependent dynamic we see it a lot it happens a lot it can also then lead to if the client outsources their responsibility to the coach that's really murky waters where the client's expectations become that the coach will wave a magic wand and change their whole life overnight and I have had people experience this with me where they will join a course or they'll join whatever it might be and I've seen it with other coaches who I've worked with so coaches who are my clients or even you know friends it happens a lot someone will sign up to work with them and then quickly realize that this is not an overnight quick fix this is not a sign up to my program and you'll be your healthiest most fabulous self in two days if you're a health coach this is not sign up to my program and you'll make a million pounds overnight if you're a business coach coaching is work releasing limiting beliefs challenging your own mindset you know taking scary action that is work and most people when they come in and they're ready that's why with a good coach you get good results because you come in with the right self-responsible energy the people who don't have that or who aren't like who aren't in that place or perhaps giving them the benefit of the doubt perhaps they've been in these codependent dynamics so they're only used to someone giving them what to do often people then expect to be told what to do and are very disappointed when they're not or they expect to be given certain results because all they ever see on social media are coaches promising certain results and so it creates this loop of unrealistic expectations unrealistic results and something that I feel is perpetuated so much within this industry and this is more so spiritual coaching spiritual um I think business coaching especially but I'm sure it happens with other like 
you know, spiritual life coaches or whatever. Just be really high vibe and show up and like you'll manifest millions of pounds overnight. I did it, you can do it too. This kind of very sexy marketing and very, um, I think very like vague messaging makes people a lot of money and doesn't create the best, the most empowering expectation and result for the client. Because if all, if all I came on this podcast to say was guy like filled your head with hot air, guys, you can do anything you put your mind to, just think positively, like you are amazing, all you need to do is make your vision board and then tomorrow you'll wake up and your dream car will be on your drive. You can do it because I did it. Last year I was struggling and this year now I have a car on my drive and I make this amount and (laughs) oh by the way sign up to my program. Can you see where I've been like very vague (laughs) and very surface level in what is actually involved. Now, I, like everyone else who runs a business, understands that we need to market. You need to sell your shit. You need to talk about what you do. You need to let people know how they can work with you. And a big part of that is celebrating your client's results and if you don't yet have client's results then you are your own results because chances are you will have certain aspects of you that you know link to the work you're doing the growth that you've experienced you know the reason you got into coaching in this topic in the first place a big part of running your business is sharing that and I think where it goes wrong is when the overall picture of like the the marketing conversation if you will is not nuanced in showing the behind the scenes or communicating boundaries communicating expectations of if you are entering this space, this is what is going to be required of you. Because it's okay to talk about, like, you know, that example that I shared. I would never want anyone not to celebrate, for example, a really amazing year that they had where they leapt forward and earned X amount what is important is if someone is signing up to work with you that they're well aware of what is going to be involved within that you know they're well aware that this is not a get rich quick scheme this is not overnight success this is not me waving a magic wand and changing your life you are required to be vulnerable. You need to show up, you know, something I say at the beginning of every program, every coaching converse, every coaching relationship is I am a very intuitive and open coach. I really I really thrive and get my ideas and how I can support you and you know pointers for to keep in mind for future I really get all of that from you asking me questions from you showing up to the calls from you doing xyz whatever it is I think people missing that part is setting the client up to be to be almost like trapped in that circle of outsourcing because if things are over promised and under delivered then the client 
is going to be disappointed. And the sad thing is that then there are so many people kind of one-upping each other where we'll see like um, people will say, you know, I've certainly been in conversations with people and they've been like, what, so your current coach isn't making you do this, isn't helping you do this? Oh, well, I'd make you do that. I'd help you do that like tomorrow. And it's very like, it can be quite competitive in that sense of like if every if everyone is constantly talking about all these massive results without real boundaries around what that involves and what it includes for example um i talk a lot about growth and manifesting your dream life i also talk about trauma right i also talk about limiting beliefs i also talk about getting out of your fucking comfort zone and doing the work, meeting the universe halfway. So you understand that when you enter a contract, when you enter a program, when you work with me, that these are the kinds of results that many clients have experienced and this is what is involved. So if you're ready to play with that, let's go. If you're not, I'm happy to turn you away because I don't want to, I don't want you to invest in a program if the requirements of how you are expected to show up in that program cannot be met by you, you know, or you disagree with or you want to go and work with someone else who, whose, you know, program and expectations does align with you. What happens is when things are constantly over-promised and over-promised and over-promised, it, it creates a lot of distrust in the industry. And believe me when I say I have had some beautiful experiences with coaches and I've had some incredibly disappointing experiences with coaches so I've been on the other side of this and what I can what I can really really speak to and pinpoint in the comparison of those is the beautiful experiences experiences I've had have been me fully being in a place of safety and trust in myself, the coach really cultivating that within me and also then that that remaining consistent and in integrity throughout the experience. When I've experienced inconsistency or when I've experienced um you know, perhaps not being, you know, not being fully empowered in my intuition, that's left a sour taste in my mouth. And same with, you know, over-promising, under-delivering. The irony is the coaches that I've loved working with the most under-promise and over-deliver. And that's what I always aim to do. I would rather under-promise and over-deliver than over-promise and under-deliver. And I think that's where we've got it a little bit twisted in the industry because everything is very visual now. You know, everything is Instagram reels and TikTok and, um, you know, going on each other's podcasts and all of this cool stuff. Often it can become a big marketing and sales show um and unless you know unless you are literally helping your clients with those things and you are actively showing them how to do that for themselves I think most clients want to have a different experience of being invited to work with you that doesn't involve manipulating them that doesn't involve um 
them having an emotional response of feeling unsafe or feeling pressured or outsourcing their power and their life changing to this magic pill that many coaches are selling in this industry. And of course there are many coaches who do the exact opposite of that too. So make sure you listen to part one to hear all about the reasons that I love coaches and coaching. The next thing I want to talk about is MLM vibes. (laughs) So when I was speaking to one of my clients, sorry, when I was speaking to one of my friends about this, um, I'm obviously in like a coach client dynamic in my brain, but a friend, (laughs) we were talking about this and really how crazy it is and how interesting it is and if you don't know what an MLM is I'll quickly explain. So an MLM is multi-level marketing so the idea is that you you know someone creates a service or a product and is selling it but then recruits other people to also sell it and so kind of those people working under them quote unquote as a team are also then selling the product and the person above them is earning money from all of their team members and it goes on and on and I think with multi-level marketing I think the reason it differs to like a a pyramid scheme because they're compared a lot I think with a pyramid scheme it needs to be that the people at the bottom it's basically impossible for them to earn any money so coaching you know, could arguably be said that it's a pyramid scheme in this example, but MLM pyramid scheme will use MLM for now. (laughs) But we see this in coaching where a coach coaches clients and then the the client becomes a coach and then the client goes on to coach other coaches who also then go on to coach other clients who are coaches and it creates this ecosystem of people making money from each other as coaches and the reason it feels like MLM vibes is there is a huge aspect of this industry where that ecosystem is fully encouraged and marketed and pedestaled you know that that is that is amazing and that everyone should be doing that and that that becomes like the niche in itself you know the focus is coaching coaches or coaching coaches so that they can also coach coaches and the thing is this is a thing in every single industry because every single industry needs its own service you know there are therapists who will specialize in counseling and providing therapy to other therapists because that is needed where this turns like MLM vibe is when the people who are on the end of that point are not really benefiting from it as much as the people at the top because there's people at the top then who are making a shitload of money (laughs) and there are those people at the end of that 
are signing up because they want to emulate that person's business model or they want to emulate that person's business. And whilst I genuinely believe in the power of coaching and I think there are some, you know, there are some coaches out there who are so well placed in what they do and I've worked with some of them you know coaches who you are like you are literally made to help other coaches like you are so gifted you are so you are so in love with this work you are really adding so much value to this industry um someone that comes to mind is Reese Evans who runs yeah who founded Yes Supply. Yes Supply is a coaching certification and Reese's Reese's um tagline for Yes Supply or like her mission if you will is that she wants there to be a coach in every household in the world. And I stand by that mission as yeah that's valuable because not every single one of those coaches is going to go on to coach other coaches. You know, there'll be, as I said in part one, there'll be a coach to help someone in gardening. There'll be a psychic medium. They'll coach teachers to support their students more. They'll, um, you know, be a running coach. <laughs> I'm just looking down on my treadmill. There are so many different ways you can help people. And I think if people really got got quiet in their truth and followed their truth, that there are so many incredibly gifted coaches in this industry who can add that ripple effect without contributing to that ecosystem now being honest here you know I do work with coaches (laughs) many of my clients have been or are coaches I love coaches I love supporting coaches when I market for example business development I will always say service-based business owners, female entrepreneurs, because personally it is not aligned for me to just say coaches. I love working with yoga teachers, um, wellness experts. I love working with virtual assistants, social media managers, accountants, um, you know, so many different kinds of businesses, consultants. I love working with female entrepreneurs and personally I love the variety of that I love to learn about different industries I love to I love to take the toolbox that I have and apply it to different industries and not be stuck in a vacuum where everyone agrees with me and all my clients just regurgitate the same information that I share with them and Again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that necessarily because there are people on this planet whose gift in this world is to help other coaches be better coaches. That is fucking awesome. What I personally love is to really diversify that, like who I help, if you will. I don't really love putting myself in a box and I love to know that if that structure began to show cracks I would be very proud of how I operate my business and who I work with. Personally for me it is more fulfilling to support women everywhere women in corporate roles women who are studying women who are stay-at-home mums women who run their business part-time 
women who are you know entrepreneurs in other industries and yes women who are also coaches I love that that diversity in the goals and the the aspects of my clients lives because I'm building a community of empowered women and I want again it's like I want them to fully resource what they want to create in the world and not perpetuate that cycle that is very sexy to market and is very easy to sell on social media because let's be honest there are many you know think of how many new coaches there are joining this industry there are thousands and thousands every year and it's continuing to grow it's very i get it i get that it's appealing to market that to market coaches growing their business and of course you know supply and demand is a thing (laughs) because there is more you know there is more supply of coaches so therefore there is more demand for coaching services for those people and coming back to the point that nothing is black and white I personally do not want to be part of that it doesn't feel really truly like what I'm here for okay two things left (laughs) so the next thing I want to talk about and this is social media, online business in general, but I fucking hate cancel culture, guys. I really do. <laughs> I really hate this aspect of of social media where people cannot have, you know, humane, respectful, in-depth, nuanced, conversation anymore especially if they disagree about something and as a coach you are directly in receipt of that especially if you are practicing being yourself and expressing the opinions that you have around whatever you coach people on if you are teaching people on your social media posts about the principles that you use in your coaching or the themes that you cover maybe you're telling stories or sharing specific experiences you know you will have like your own way of doing things you'll have your own thoughts and ideas and feelings and opinions and experiences and if you are in the in the regular practice of sharing that with the world which is what marketing in an authentic way is all about as a service-based business owner you are going to have people who disagree with you you are going to have people who are very offended with what you share you are going to have people who do not take responsibility for themselves and therefore place blame on you for making them feel offended, for making them feel unsafe, for triggering them, for upsetting them. And it's very easy to be accused of very serious things when you are running a business online. And that is a very real phenomenon in 2022 that we need to talk about because it's happening. And it's not going away anytime soon. You know, rarely a week goes by without someone or something being brought to the surface. And again, because everything is so nuanced, this can be, you know, this can often lead to a very helpful outcome. You know, when we think about the very extreme examples of this, that social media does not allow those people to hide it it shines a light on 
the toxic, abusive behaviours that they've that they've done. And poor Sally, who wants to become a life coach and goes on Instagram reels to talk about something that she's passionate about, can very easily suddenly receive a DM from someone shoot you know, shutting her down, um, you know, accusing her of something really serious, of heavily criticizing her and that is something that I hate about social media in general. But I think when you are in any service based business online where you are very public facing and especially if you talk about deeper topics I mean, I know in even in saying that, that thinking of like, you know, makeup, like beauty vloggers on YouTube, you'd think on the surface, oh, they're just reviewing lipstick and doing makeup tutorials. Like, what's the harm in that? People will fucking find something, okay? <laughs> People will find something. And if you were in this industry that is a reality that you need to come to terms with because it's a practice in not self-censoring and having that self-responsibility and being very intentional with your words and when I say that I don't mean careful I don't mean scared to not offend someone or make sure you say the right thing no I mean, be very intentional with the words that you use. What comes out on a podcast, you know, what comes out in an Instagram reel, what comes out when you are doing a workshop, because cancel culture is real. And how I personally tackle that is by knowing that I... I'm intentional with, I'm intentional with my intention. I have my own intention for what I am sharing. And I'm very happy to say that, you know, like I said at the beginning of this podcast and at the beginning of part one, I share my intention from the get go because that is my intention. Your interpretation of that, your your feel your emotional response to that is is down to you you know it's down to your experience of that your experience of listening to this podcast there might be something within that that pisses you off <laughs> that you disagree with and i have to learn to be okay with that because if my intention is to help is to be of service is to you know, create connection. That involves being vulnerable and open with what I share. And whilst that has brought me so much growth, it's also been incredibly difficult to come to terms with because in real life, I simply, you know, I, I don't have to worry about my friends and family holding a grudge against me I mean some people might have that experience but I don't have anyone like that in my life and if I did or when I have they're no longer in my life they're no longer part of my life but when I'm sat with a friend and we're discussing this very same topic I allow myself to to say what I want and I don't curate my language and if I say something and my friend has an emotional response to it we get to have a discussion about that and vice versa and I don't have to feel you know (laughs) worried about someone cancelling me and many of us just don't have that experience in real life because we do have that we do still have that that old school way of relating when we're just sat having a conversation with someone um 
it's easier, it's harder to hate someone close up is what they say, isn't it? And coming to terms with the fact that some people just are determined to misunderstand you. Some people are not self-responsible. Unfortunately, you know, some people do have an emotional response and then and then project that via a DM or whatever it may be. That is something we deal with in this industry and it's very real. <laughs> I don't have a solution for it other than to be very considered and intentional with your word. Not from a place of self-censorship, but from a place of knowing what your intention is and being clear on that. And being open then to allowing that intention to unfold. You know, maybe that's changing your mind about something. Maybe it's um, rewording something. Maybe it's whatever the fuck you want it to be. But we can't just simply sit back and, you know, if you never shared anything on Instagram because you were so terrified of being cancelled, then you'll never get to help the people who you want to help. And that is something that I, I hate, that loving, caring and compassionate people feel held back by that. And they feel held back to the point that their emotions about that potential reality of being cancelled is stopping them from even ever sharing anything. That's really, really sad. So, finishing on this last point, the last thing that pisses me off about coaching is centering um, guru-like figures. So this is almost inevitable in today's day and age because we are a very celebrity-focused culture. Think about how obsessed people are with shows like Love Island, where it it's ritualised that every year a certain amount of people are selected to go on this show and every day for however long, a month or I don't even know how long it's on for, every night people watch this drama unfold, they watch these, you know, love stories like fake or not, whatever, unfold and they love like gobbling up this information, this watching this unfold and then they love going following these people. These people go on to earn a lot of money. You know, think about Molly May, how she is such, you know, she is an entrepreneur, like she has built, <laughs> she's built a, a thriving career for herself, a thriving business based off that show. Because we love, we love to look up to people, you know, we love to have that guru-like um, mindset. And even if you don't feel that way, for example, about people on Love Island and you just watch it because you enjoy it, you have that feeling about something else, someone else. Maybe it's another celebrity. Maybe it's another reality show. Maybe it's um, people in sports or people in your industry. So we see this in coaching where there are very big players. And because of the way we love to do this in our culture, people put them on a pedestal. And the trouble with that is it further removes someone's intuition and someone's own inner guidance from themselves because if you are putting someone if you are putting a coach that you follow on instagram on a pedestal you are you are separating yourself from them you are like othering yourself 
because in some way you you feel that that person has more confidence than you has you know whatever the reason is that you are putting them on the pedestal and even if you're doing this unconsciously maybe it's because they they have something that you want they seem to exude confidence or they are really successful in their business or they look a certain way if they are like a health coach fitness coach for example whatever it may be when we do this we become very vulnerable to again outsourcing everything to this person and we see this in things like you know what I eat in a day (laughs) that's such a good example for the fitness industry because there are people who want to know what such and such a you know such and such a woman who runs a fitness app or is a fitness coach or whatever she does they want to see what she eats in a day because they want to eat exactly what she eats because they want to look like her they want their life to look like hers and when we center people in this way it's like you're removing yourself as the main character from your own life and that is really dangerous for your personal growth now that is the cultural aspect of this which is very important because that is nobody's fault that is probably like some primal like instinct that we have right you know some sort of primal like hierarchy that we develop in our brains so an aspect of that is natural and many would argue as well that like you know aspirational like that when when very considered and boundaried is helpful now when it isn't helpful is when that is moving you away from what is actually going to be best for you because if what is best for you goes against what that guru, that coach is preaching, then what are you going to do? If you put them on a pedestal, you're going to carry on doing what they say to do. Even if your body, even if your nervous system, even if your intuition is saying, no, I don't want to do this. That is where things get murky here. And so many people have experienced this where they put someone on a pedestal to the point where the coach will share you should do this and so much of them is screaming no and yet they'll go and do it anyway because oh they said to do it so it must be the right thing to do that kind of like centering some centering a coach is more more um more empowered or more enlightened or more knowledgeable is really dangerous when it com- when it comes to those decisions you're making for your life the same can also be perpetuated from the other angle where someone as a coach can be very aware of the the power that they have can be very aware of the influence that they have and that can be you know that can be used to their advantage and this is where especially that like MLM vibe is not cool <laughs> because that MLM vibe, that MLM setup combined with all of these people putting you on a pedestal and thinking you're the best and thinking your word is God and thinking that everything that comes out of your mouth is a blessing to, for them to hear. This is dangerous. Like This is cult vibe. <laughs> this, is, this is giving me cult. <laughs> and 
this is like the shadow of the coaching industry. Now, I can't get into this too much because I've already been talking to you for over an hour, but this is really important to begin this conversation. So I hope you have found this interesting to hear. If you are a coach or if you are really in the coaching industry, you know, you work with a lot of coaches, you're very involved. I would love to invite your DMs on Instagram, um, your thoughts, your opinions, you know, voice notes are great, messages, whatever you want to share, please do. Um, please do share. If you are a coach and you network and are mates with other coaches and you want to invite them into this conversation, you can share part one and part two of this podcast with them, especially if you have been having these conversations, sometimes hearing someone else say it further kind of allows you to, to trust your intuition when something hasn't felt right for you. And yeah, even if you have no clue about the coaching industry, but you're just into personal development and that's why you're here, maybe you just listened to this because you wanted some juicy gossip. So hope you enjoyed that too. <laughs> so again, I've not named names here. I This isn't about anyone specific. I feel like I should have said that off the, off the top, but this is nothing about specific people this is nothing about um there's no like outcome wanted from this conversation except to just do that to start a conversation on it because like I say I am not a guru I do not have the final say on this I am just a coach sharing my experience so hope this has been a good one. Look forward to your DMs or emails and we will speak very soon. Hold up gorgeous. If you loved today's episode, I invite you to screenshot your podcast app right now. Do it right now. And DM me on Instagram, tag me in your stories. I'm at cat underscore horror. Share your biggest takeaway with me. Share your light bulb moment. I cannot wait to connect and DM with you. I want you to know that you make a huge difference in sharing this podcast and getting this free resource into the hands of women who need it too. Is there a friend, a colleague, a loved one, a family member? If you can think of one woman who would love this conversation, please WhatsApp it to her, DM her, email her the link, spread the word. You could make someone's day. You could change someone's life sharing this resource. You play a huge role in spreading the message. Women worldwide deserve to put themselves first and say yes to their next level. If you haven't already, I invite you also to review the podcast in your podcast app to let other women know it's impactful, it's worth subscribing, it's worth tuning in. That means the absolute world. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of this amazing community and sharing this message. May the abundance, the blessings, the prosperity come back to you tenfold. I adore you, I am grateful for you, and I cannot wait to connect with you again very soon.